service and word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee again that we can gather on a beautiful Sunday morning, gather to look into this beautiful Word of God, this this Word that is, is the Word of life, an opportunity that many people across the globe don't have. We thank Thee for this Sunday morning, we thank you for this opportunity to come together, and we may visit and 
talk about the things of, of this life. But mostly we come to hear this living word. This word that sustained us. This word that comforts us and guides us as we go through life and run into all kinds of situations and troubles and trials and joys. We have this word as a constant. We thank you for these things. We ask you to watch over us this morning as we have gathered and that we can rest on that promise that where two or three are gathered in thy name, in the name of thy son Jesus, that he has promised to be with us. Watch over the heads of our government. We just heard last night of our, our new conservative leader getting in. We pray for him. Pray for all those that are upholding that which is right. And we pray for all those that don't seem to have much enlightenment. It seems that in this day and age, this world is pretty void of powerful leaders, gifted leaders. Leaders that, that look to thee for guidance. We pray for all our communities, our schools, our local governments those that are in any elected position and those that are in unelected positions those that proclaim the word of God those that hold dear the gift of salvation be with all those that are on beds of sickness or pain and can't come to the hearing of the word send thy servants to them send that Holy Spirit through thy servants to comfort them and give them strength and hope to carry on. Hear us now as we pray together that prayer thy son Jesus taught us. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Shall we continue us 221?
to see everybody out this morning. I noticed when we sang that song, there was some very young little voices singing that song with us. That's, that's nice to hear. I worked with a fellow in Rocky, not not regularly, but he was a kinsmith, and, and we'd come onto the same jobs together off and on. I, I never had any discussions with him about spiritual things, but when I went, he passed away so oh, many years ago, and I went to his funeral, and, and they said, and, and all the all the things they were saying, one of the things they said that was his his favorite song was "Jesus Loves Me." And I didn't I didn't know that side of him all all those years. So for a text this morning. I'll read from the 55th chapter of Isaiah. Read from the 6th verse to the end of the chapter, the 13th verse. We'll read these words in Jesus' name. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither... Are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break break forth before you unto singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. 
Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto each one here gathered this morning and even forever. Amen. This 55th chapter, possibly the, the first part of the chapter is, is spoken of more often than, than the part that I read, but I'll, I'll even go into the 54th chapter a bit. It says, In righteousness thou shalt be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from, te- and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have, I have created the waster to destroy no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Some kind of gives us a, a picture of our foundation. And then it starts off the 55th verse. And it's it separates... As it starts out here, the part that I read, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Fifty-fifth chapter starts out separating our, our, I guess, carnal thinking from what God has to offer us and, and how he thinks. O everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I don't understand why the word buy is used. Because in our in our affluent society we we try and earn money and and then buy the things we need to after our daily needs. And in this, in this side of the world and in the, in the we call the free countries of the world, we, have, we not only have what we need, but we have so much, so much abundance that it's, it's, it's astonishing. And then, of course, what always happens is that when man has, has abundance like that, he starts turning away from God, thinking that I did it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm such a successful whatever businessman or farmer or plumber or whatever trade you were doing. I'm so successful, and and we forget that yes, these are blessings, but they have come from God. It, it says here that separating these, these natural things from the spiritual things that that we buy or we or we acquire these things without money, without price. We, we acquire 
the good and the, and the, and the things that are meaningful and lasting. Come ye buy and eat. Come buy with wine and milk without money and without price. There, there's even been that, that thought amongst some God-fearing people that, that we have to buy good quality food. We don't, we don't buy things that aren't nourishing. It's not talking about that. It's talking about things that are, are going to be with us forever. We, we, come, we come in possession of these things, and it uses the word buy, but we come in possession of these things, and, and we haven't done anything for them, without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and, and, la- and your labor for that which sustaineth, which, sorry, satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Well, I'll just read the last couple of verses here. Behold, I have given him for a witness for the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. So we can we can be thirsting, we can be hungering and thirsting after the word, and the promise is that if, if we hunger and thirst after the word, I believe I read that in the, in the Beatitudes, that we shall be filled. It'll, our, our needs will be looked after. We, we spend so much of our time, well, maybe I should only speak for myself, but going through life and, and my better days are past, but we spend so much of our life pursuing things that make life a little better or a little easier or, or that we can take holidays or, or enjoy and there's even a place, I think, some place that says that it's, it's, it's good that we can enjoy the fruits of our labor. If you've worked hard, maybe you deserve a bit of a rest. But through, throughout much of the ages of this world, people have spent most of their lives working hard just for something to, to have on their table and something to have on their back. And, and some kind of a, a place of shelter to lay down each night. And, and they haven't had the abundance that the, the Western world has, has nowadays. Here, here it's speaking of spiritual abundance. So God, will, God will give us these things. So the text that I read, it, it begins by saying, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. I think of... of uh, Jesus and, and John the Baptist both preaching that same message. Here it says, "Well, Jesus, Jesus was baptized by John, and, and then and then he was put in prison." It says Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, "The time is fulfilled; the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel." There's, there's many places where it says the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I think 
I think that's what it's talking about here when it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. I know, I know in my everyday life, and I, and I think of different situations where, where we have a, a problem or something we're trying to solve, and, and I don't know if it comes naturally to us, but it seems like, and I, and I just, I just think of working with cattle for one thing. I call it cow psychology, but uh, I don't know, maybe there's a better name than that for it. But, but you wait for an opportunity for animals to be in the right place at the right time, and then you move in on them and, and put them in a corral or whatever you're trying to do with them. And, and of course, we can, me- we can mechanically restrict them and, and uh, brand them or whatever, or vaccinate or whatever we have to do to them, but, but we wait for an opportune time. And, and here it says that, and, and as, as I mentioned, Jesus and John saying, now is the opportune time. Now is the time. It says, it says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. You know, the scriptures teach us to, to seek out the Lord in our youth. And when, when we become elderly or older or we might say heart of heart. It's harder for this word to penetrate. It's it's just that way. I don't know why it's that way, but it says it says that there is a time when the Lord is near. It says, call upon him. That's an opportunity. Take that opportunity. Spend time in and around the word. And he will, he will be near. He is near. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The, the, I, I quote that in, a, in, in Revelation so often where Jesus stands at the door knocking and whoever is inside hears the voice, hears the knocking and he comes to the door and he opens the door. That's what God... Jesus wish that we would open that door. The opportunity is there. Open the door and let him in. Call upon him while he is near. Let let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah speaks of his own conversion in, in the sixth chapter there. And I don't I don't understand the fullness of it. Oh, that's the first thing I'll say. But he understands the, the sovereignty and the size and the power of the living God. And obviously he's in the presence of God. And he realizes this is that opportune time when I have to open my mouth and confess what I am. I'll read here from the sixth chapter. In the year the king Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, with twain he did cover his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. 
And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. I, I guess I, like I say, I don't understand the depths of what he's saying here. But he is definitely in the presence of a living God. Realizes. And, and I guess the, the thing that we realize is, is how great is he and how, how nothing am I. Then I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen, seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That's a repentance. He openly acknowledges what he is. He's a man of unclean lips, and he says, this is, this is the, the nation and the people that I live amongst, too, that we're, we're all the same. Not that he's repenting for anyone else but himself, but that's, that's the way he says it. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath, hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. That's the, that's the release from bondage that we would, we would desire when we come to this place, each of us. I believe this fire or this live coal that's, that's, well, it says it's in his, it says he has a live coal in his hand, which was taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he lays it on his mouth, lays it on Isaiah's mouth and says, Thy iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. Also I heard a voice, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted and healed. That's a little hard to understand the way it's worded. But I mean, I, I feel it means that that we, we can hear things and, and not understand. But that we would hear and then understand. Hear and understand. And then he asks, how long should he be doing this? And the answer comes, till the cities be wasted without inhabitant, uh, inhabitant and the houses without men. And the land be utterly desolate, and the Lord have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. So, basically, we're to proclaim the message. And proclaim it, and proclaim it. Not, not give up, not get discouraged, not stop. Keep, keep that focus for ourselves and encourage others to, to do these things. Seek the Lord. Forsake. Uh, the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
For he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. We read in the, in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, how Lazarus spent his life here in misery and, and sores on his body. And it says the dogs came and licked his sores. He didn't get much comfort. But then, he, then in the end when he dies, we see him in the bosom of Abraham. I don't know what that means exactly. He's not in heaven yet. But he's, in, he's resting, you might say, in the arms of Abraham. And Abraham is depicted as the father of faith. All through the scriptures, he's in a good place. It says the rich man dies and he cries out from hell. Not a good place. We might question why it's this way. But in this verse it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. The word comes down. It speaks about it in the sixth chapter of Hebrews also. drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bring forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. That's in Isaiah. Here it says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. It's, it's like a little parable that we can, we can understand. We, we've gone through. In May we got an inch of rain, and I would call that a drought. In June and July we got and maybe it varies in different places, but we got around 17 inches of rain, which, in my thinking, was a little more than we needed. But we're thankful for the rain. In August, we got an inch again. So, so we can see how, how God controls these things. And the little bit of farming I do, well, all of a sudden you got no pasture. Or all of a sudden your, your, your crop is is uh, dried out or all of a sudden you have pasture or all of a sudden your your crop starts growing because it's got some water so these things are very easy for us to understand because of the natural beings we are and says this is the way my word is he gives and he takes away but he talks about giving here not the taking away but he he talks about the giving here. Rain comes down from heaven. Rain in the snow. It doesn't come down and then go right back up. We know we know that water evaporates. And 
mountains out west here get thick snow and glaciers on them and they, they melt and come down the rivers and water the land. These kinds of things. He's giving us, giving us a picture of how the word waters the land. Waters the, the, the people. So shall my word be. It says the water waters the earth and makes makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give, give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And, and we know the scriptures say that. Um, I guess I, I I feel we're close to the end of this this world, and the scriptures say that until the end, until Jesus comes, there's going to be springtime and harvest. We see that people putting in crops. People putting in gardens. It's going to be that way right to the end. And I, and I, I thought it's interesting that we see this in, in the Ukraine with this character that's that's uh, I don't know what he's doing over there, making a making a big mess of everything. It sounds like. But in these farm papers, it says no. The farmers got out and put their crops in, in spite of the fact that there's a shortage of seed and and. Uh, the, the bins have been blown up in places and all these kind of things. Farmers get out there and put their seed in. It's it's how they make their living. It's it's all they know. And and it's scriptural. It's gonna happen. Gives it, it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The seed is planted and it turns into something to eat in the end. So he says, so shall my word be. This is, this is the way my word works. It works the same way. It comes down and it does its work. And, and it will do its work. And it does not return unto me void. We, and I, have done a lot of spinning my wheels in this. As, as we go through life, we can, we can do what we call spinning our wheels. Put a put a lot of sweat energy into into something, and it turns out it doesn't produce too much. Here it says the word doesn't do that. The word goes forth, and it does its work. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth; it shall not return unto me void. That I guess is a little group of very powerful words. That we can stay with this word. Stay with Jesus, who is the word of God. We see there in John there how it says, the word does this and the word does that. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we see his glory. We beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. That's what he reveals to us. He reveals that he is the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. I guess the sad part is when man receives it in the wrong way, he's not blessed by it. 
when we receive it with joy. Receive comfort and hope from this word. It does a good work. Many in this world don't believe this word. They make fun of it. And, and if we read about many of Jesus' dealings with the Sadducees and Pharisees, he has to remind them of that. They have a form of godliness to deny the power thereof. It, it tells what, what will happen if we receive this word and if, it, if this water of the word cleanses our hearts and our very being. It says, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I think that's figuratively speaking. I've never seen a tree clapping his or her hands. But I I, I do feel that and and I have experienced that you go for a walk and just kind of sink let let the beauty of of the surroundings sink in I was doing a little swathing the other night and I had to walk a quarter mile back home and and first of all the gorgeous sunset that I watched so I was going around and around in that little piece of rain there. And then and then when I walked home I was that and there's nothing spiritual whatsoever, but that that old song Mockingbird Hill came to mind and and I was I wasn't singing it but the thoughts were going through my head how how it says late in the evening I climb up the hill and survey all my kingdom when everything's still. And it was a beautiful evening. And a beautiful sunset and a beautiful evening. And, and it's it's beautiful for me to get a little work done. And, and I did that too. So I think, I think when we see the beauty of God's creation around us, this is what it's talking about. We can rejoice in it. It says the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. We realize sometimes what a what a beautiful world this this natural world is. It's it's not it's not that that is wrong in this world. It's the fact that men have fallen into sin. That's what's wrong with this world. I, I for one, believe that it's... I don't suppose it's going to happen, but I believe that if people all became Christians and things were looked after properly, this world would regenerate itself in a matter of weeks or months probably. And it would be just about like Adam and Eve found it. And they were put on this, on this earth. It would be a perfect world. I don't think that's going to happen because of men and because of sin. 
Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. If we can receive this word, if we can receive the, the power of this word, the power of forgiveness, the joy of the hope of salvation, things will go well for us. That doesn't mean to say we won't have health problems. It doesn't mean to say that the trials and the troubles that this life offers us are are going to avoid us. They they just won't be in our life. No, they will be. We have hope beyond. We have have like it, it speaks about Abraham. He had hope beyond hope. Beyond the hope of this world, we have hope of eternal life. We have hope of spending eternity with Jesus and with God. I believe that's what sustains us. It shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This this earth, this vessel that the scriptures call the earth, earthen vessel is watered and it brings forth fruit. And these things are a glory to God. They're an honor to God. If our lives can be an honor to God, we have nothing but good to look forward to. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we receive benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.